0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 97 of the Greenlight Podcast, POC, e And on this episode, we welcome Tyler Schmidt. He's a man of a lot of titles, but uh, tonight we're calling him general manager of 137 PM. Uh, Tyler, what's good, man? Welcome to the podcast.
1: What is good? Thank you for having me, boys. I like Um, the intro.
0: Yeah, man. All right, let's jump in. Um, Besides the leading scorer in mid-range bank shots at 6 a.m., and I'm forgetting the neighborhood. It was off the L. Where was that?
1: It was 14th and First. 14th guess, and First. Yeah, Lower East Side. Right? So, besides
0: mm-hmm. being the leading scorer in mid-range bank shots, because nobody made more bank shots than you at 6:30 in the morning, I don't know how you did it. Who is Tyler Schmidt, and what does he do?
1: Nice. Uh, I'm a 30-year-old dude living in Manhattan. Grew up in a town, Montclair, New Jersey, which is directly 12 miles west of, um, yeah, west of New York City. Is kind of the first suburb out there. I love sports. I'm big now into NFTs and Web 3.0. I've always been a very curious dude. I like to compete a lot. That's how we met playing basketball. I really miss competition. I realized that was like something that kept me super healthy. Um, I play a lot in the tech space, play a lot in the media space. Um, I, by and large, and why I'm on this podcast, I by happenstance, got a job at a company called VaynerMedia eight years ago. Um, working for, and when I took the job, I had no idea who my boss was. His name was Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, that same weekend, I started on a Monday. The Sunday before, he was on the front page of the New York Times business section for one of his books. Um, and about six, like three months into that first job, I was sitting next to. This is the story. It all started with the basketball run. Like my whole last 10 years of my life comes down to how also you and I met, which is the basketball run. Gary and AJ had a private basketball run that Gary's assistant, Matt DeMayo put together. And it was only pretty much they'd get 10 people. They had the gym and they'd get 10 people and put it together and do a Cause run. Because
0: it started with you had to work at Vayner, right?
1: Yeah, it was just a Vayner crew. And it was yeah. only when Gary and AJ wanted to play ball. His assistant would put together 10. So it was like once or twice a week and they liked to the ball and their whole thing. They just wanted to compete. I sat next to the assistant's roommate. They needed someone to hoop. He calls me at like nine 45. Can you be our 10th man tomorrow morning? I'm in Montclair. We were starting at 6am 14th and first. I was like, yup, of course I'm coming. So it play. was
0: always at 14th and first. It was
1: always at 14th and first. God. I started taking a four thirty train from New oh, York from Montclair God. into New York. And I would do that once a week. That's how I met Gary and AJ. AJ asked me to be his assistant, and then I've just gotten tight from them and did a lot with them over the last seven years. That kind of has connected me with a ton of people because I was kind of their operations, right-hand relationship individual, and kind of the, the amount of people we met through that run and networking, etc. So So that's, that's me. That's what I do. And now I run a media publication, if you know of complex, if you know of Vice, if you know of Overtime, if you know of Barstool, if you know of any of those brands and companies, we've recently launched our version of that to more or less bring love and awareness to emerging talents in NFTs, gaming industry, popular culture, music style, fashion. Um, and we like to go very early, very emerging and volume. And it's kind of how Gary you know, approaches the world, give love, give flowers, and that's how we're we're doing it. So I oversee a team of what is now forty two individuals all over the country, largely based in New York, but very remote of creators, largely on the junior side, um, and we run a site, social, etc. That's love me. It. That's what I do. Yeah.
2: So, Paul, I don't know if you ever check this one because you you came up with this question. We have a yeah we, what, are, we this, have
0: another this is two Penn State alumni. Two in a out of three episodes, Penn yeah. State guys. We yeah, had really. a lot of Penn State guys on, um, and so we asked our last guest, who will be what team will be the first team from Penn State to win a natty chip, women's basketball, men's basketball, or football? Mm.
1: that's a good question. And football. and
0: even it, okay, football. so football and was football as insane as it looks? Like were those yeah, games just, insane? Yeah.
1: Okay. Football's insane. Football is super insane. Now, look, I've followed Penn State my whole life. I'm 30 years old. F- by and large, the product has been mid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not- <laughs> that's, that's such a great way. To Not mid.
0: great. Yeah.
1: But there's about two or three games a year that if you go to, at least in the last 10 years, the whiteout started. The whiteout, I think first whiteout was 08, which was my senior year of high school. Since 09, since this kind of arms race of marketing and college football has started to occur, there is no better experience than going to a night Penn State whiteout game. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, did, I no, didn't know. Where uh, do I wish they win a couple more games? Not blow some of the leads they have. Do I think James Franklin is an all-time recruiter and needs to get a coordinator because he can't coach a game for his life? Sure, but like, yeah, it's lit tailgating is unreal yeah it's about that's that's actually
0: interesting i had no why did i think that whiteouts at penn state had been going on for 40 years you're saying it started in 08
1: yeah the first whiteout game was like uh you know the money bro it's all come in and like the tv deals and it's changed so yeah the first whiteout game i believe was in 08 and then they get, then the t shirt, it was a thing that the Daily Collegian did, started in the student section. They gave out all the t shirts. And then it became like a big national thing yep. that we, that the marketing, you it know, all of it's, yeah. So it's, it's only, I mean, it's 12 years old at this point, which is crazy. No, it seems yeah. way not way older to expand
2: than that. too much on us, but like, is there not, obviously, I feel like if you go to Penn State, it seems like from the outside, it's almost assumed, yeah, you go to the football games, you're part of that. From the student perspective, is it even a thing about like going to basketball? Is it, I mean, because Ohio is very yeah, not Ohio as much, kids not to as go much, Ohio man. Basketball than football, not
1: yeah. as much. Yeah, not as much, not as much. Um, it wasn't that way. Like we'd go dollar dog night, to be honest, like whatever. Um, not, it comes down to product. More wrestling is far bigger at Penn State. Women's volleyball is far bigger. I went That's to more wrestling I, matches. Wrestling I wasn't expecting. I went to more wrestling matches. Bro, they, this is the most dominant wrestling program in the last 10 yeah. years. Right, so I, mean, I went to more wrestling. It was electric. You see real talent. Like, you go to a Penn State football game, like, you're you're typically getting, you're getting one of Ohio State, Michigan in the building. Yeah. You're getting a Wisco team, an Iowa team. Like, there's good yeah. teams that come through, and we've got good squads. I would go with like a good squad came, you know, Michigan. There was some good big 10 teams that always come through, but that's in a long, you know, schedule. So you might pop one versus college again, like eight home games. Um, but the rec hall, which is on the west side of campus, wrestling was far more lit
2: than the basketball games. Who knew? I think that's our first reference to college wrestling on pop on 97 episodes, but that's awesome here. So college that- wrestling is hot. I think.
0: Yeah, college- wow. Wow.
2: Love it. Well, you, you gotta look up this a, dude from Minnesota,
1: college wrestling, that just went back. He he won the gold medal
2: in the Olympics. Bro. Oh, it's um oh my gosh, what's his do you know his uh, name? He's going to the know. WWE. And he's already signed with WWE, yes. signed, with WWE. Yes. signed on a WWE deal and he went back to college. Gable Stevenson. Yes. Wow. Gable Stevenson. So he's literally and it's about perfect to, like, be because competent. of Nil, Paul. It's exactly. yeah, because he can do all this stuff. Like there's rumors he's gonna be in WrestleMania in Correct. April while he's at Minnesota because he's at, he's at Minnesota and he's got a gold medal like that's, that's sick Good that's the him. power of it so nice little plug for college wrestling and to uh right. to take a sharp right turn um kind of to a degree. one of the most impressive things and I didn't even realize this until Paul sent us my I know my way. It, was,
0: it was when I first followed him I was like how the fuck Your did you get this
2: Instagram <laughs> handle just being at Tyler how how, how does that happen uh, that's yeah, starting it me. off that way funny uh story it so i have a
1: friend named david rock who um just in the best way looks at life differently and i'm on a plane with d-rock coming home from the super bowl this is probably five maybe four years ago okay and we're like two bottles of wine in at this point like on a plane feeling great after like four days of work and he's like, he says to me, "Yo, you should get the name Tyler on Instagram, like that. Like if I said to you, like, yeah, but
0: there's no way, it like was if available. I said to
1: you, like if I said to you, like you should get the name Paul on Instagram, yeah,
0: it's and you'd be like, like it's, 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 it's taken, great,
1: yeah, exactly, like that's funny, that's cute, like I get it, right? Yeah, but he's a t- that type of cat, like you should do that, and then you're like, yeah, but like, there's like all these, there's like life, you know, like." You know, but that's how people live generally. And they don't actually like look or think they just assume and like write shit off. So we're sitting there two bottles of wine in and I go on Instagram and Tyler is like a dead handle. There's nothing. No. It just says page not available. Oh so I go and try and create the account and it doesn't work. It's not working. So at the time, in, this is pre, you know, there was a huge, like what I'll call meta of Instagram of buying and selling handles. Yeah. It was like, it, that was a big thing. There was this like, at, like it was a big thing to be able to buy and sell and it was handles. Probably,
0: do you, it, was it more on the company side? Like people were doing this strategically. Like I'm going to go buy like Jack Daniels or something.
1: Yeah. Or like at, you know, pleasure or at rice or, and try and like build a rice influencer page and like all that. And then there was, you could also merge handles. So you mm-hmm. could take two accounts, merge them and put them on a new handle. So it was just like this wild, wild west verification you know people working at facebook selling verifications out the back door it was just like honestly it was before trump got elected president when social was still like not this like yo it's bad right and then and then they had to lock everything down so it was just a little bit more wild wild west you know whereas now it's like if you try and like hey can i get verified they're like 40 forms and all that crap yeah um because all that was happening People that worked it at Instagram were sitting on handles, selling it to their friends and all. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I filled out a, bro, I went to a help request form and filled it out and said, oh, wow. I'm Tyler. This handle's dead. I work in a like prominent media position. Is anyone using the handle? Can I have it? <laughs> I sent that on the Sunday night. or like two bottles in. He like, we, He's like, do it right now on the plane. We're in the office Tuesday morning. I log in Instagram. My handle's Tyler.
0: What the fuck? What was That's it before?
1: It, <laughs> it was Ty, Ty Schmidt or some shit. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So it was really, <laughs> that was it. That was it. And without him, like, being like, you should do it. And my, my reaction was like, yeah, I get it. Like, let's go yeah. fly a plane while we're at it, too.
0: I'm literally looking and, up who has Paul on Instagram right now.
2: So while you're looking that up, well, I think the one more impressive thing too, even that is, and I, I want to ask you if he's even tried to get the Instagram handle. So Tyler on Twitter is owned by yes. one of Winklevoss twins. Yep. So, so I spoke to him about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I spoke to him about it. <laughs> I was going
1: to let that just say how you well, take Cause it he me. got it recently. Okay. It was this dude for a while that had this like plaid logo with a horse. And, uh, I DM'd him mad times, like, yo, what's going on? Um, and then all of a sudden it was Tyler Winklevoss. So he got in touch with him and he got it. And so I'll, I'm, I have a meeting with him and his brother and G, and uh, we come into the meeting and it, Gary wasn't there yet. And so we started to make small talk and I'm talking to him. I'm like, yo, so I saw you got the Twitter handle. like, I got What'd the you IG do? handle. I got the IG handle. <laughs> I'm like thinking like hmm, maybe we could do a deal here. Yeah. And so I just kind of tossed it. I was like, hey, I got this. He's and he was like, would you move it? I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe you know. Yeah. What, yeah, what number? There. What number? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, I got a lot of Bitcoin. And I'm like, all right, I'll think about it. We just left it there. And that was Damn. it. yeah I think it.
0: that I think that offer is gonna stay for the rest of your life. So
1: exactly i think yeah. more than ever if, if instagram and all of them start getting into nfts and all that jazz which they say the reports are true now so yeah i could see it i got a 50k cash offer early on that i turned down very happy i did um but i could there's there's a, probably an amount of bitcoin to tyler Winklevoss that i would like to do the deal one for yeah. the story and two for the bitcoin
0: the story alone would be unbelievable mm-hmm. um All right. So you alluded to it a little bit when you talked about the hoops run and stuff, but how do you go from, and and maybe this is the part we're missing. How do you go from running a taco truck Mm -hmm. to community manager for Vayner? So that's part one. And then part two, I want to talk about what community management looked like in 2013, because Mm -hmm. I mean, that's That's radically different than what it is now. It's almost like commonplace now.
1: Yeah, I it was just we just passed the 15 year anniversary of the iPhone. Steve Jobs. I was yeah. like an Apple Apple nut. So my pops, we we got Apple computers early on, like when it was still like PC Dell life. Yep. We we as a household made the move to Apple. That led me being interested in Apple. Watched the keynote with my pops. I'm pretty sure I was yeah I was 15 or 16 um watch the keynote in love with the iphone iphone's at&t for the first two years know everything about it macrumors.com was like my favorite site that leads me then i get the iphone twitter so then i was big in like tech i was just reading a lot of like tech blog stuff wired that was my stuff grew up playing you know computer games Yada yada. i go to penn state i'm like about to fail out and i worked in restaurants and hospitality my whole life So after my freshman year, I was doing terrible, trying to go for like business degree. I was boring. I switched to hospitality and restaurants. I go through that. I loved the program. And then we go to graduate and they're like, go work at Darden, Marriott, Hilton, like all these big companies like colleges do because they want to put the numbers on the brochure to sell it back to the freshmen that they put you into the big job. I don't do that. I meet a dude that went to Cornell because I worked with the lacrosse coach who was the former coach at Cornell. Cornell is a really good hospitality school. This is 2012, 2013 Chipotle is on fire, fast, casual whole thing. My man says a small shop in Hoboken, New Jersey called the taco truck that they want to go nationwide, build a ton of stores. I'm like, that sounds way cooler than going to work at like in St. Louis at like a Hilton, like Wyndham resorts or some shit. You know what I mean? And so I do that. It's a new thing. And, I loved it, but the only thing I wanted to do was, like, get them on Facebook, get them on Twitter, get them on Instagram, start fucking making cool shit, and get people in the store. But what I was doing was, like, literally managing in the back of the kitchen and, like, making tacos and all that. just not me. I love the people, but, like, I'm just not a chef. And and mainly because (laughs) I have no interest in in washing the fucking dishes afterwards. I just... It just kills me. It's the worst part. Yeah. Um, And... So that was the only thing I wanted to do. And they had uh, someone that was doing the marketing. So I was like, yeah, I told them that they hooked me up. And this is what I would just recommend to everyone. Everyone plays it short term. The guy that gave me the job put me in with his wife, who was like a pretty big deal advertising executive. And I met with her for coffee told her what everything I wanted to do told her I like she's like okay social media marketing there's this little you know social it was social media marketing it was a joke there's this little shop in New York that this guy that I used to work with works there boom another coffee meet him boom walk into Vayner get a job entry-level community management all because of all of that connections 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 blah 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 your second part of your question was what was community management like in 2012? So I enter into Vayner. I get put on the brisk ice tea account. Okay. We, at that how time, many, how what,
0: many people are at Vayner right now
1: in 2012? Uh, right now, in no, 2012, sorry, in 2012. 275, 275. Yeah. And right now what? Over a 1, thousand? 1500. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Um, community management was Facebook groups. There was no video on Facebook there was no paid marketing on Facebook. God. There was, Brisk AST was the first brand to go on Instagram, I believe in like 2012. I started in November of 2013. So that was the type of work. We're talking like static image from a graphic designer, like posted to a Facebook group. And what that was, if you like liked the group, you were part of it. And pretty much the algorithm, it was just newsfeed based, based on engagement. So like, Kind of baseline was thirty percent organic reach. If I'm Brisk Ice Tea, I can make a fan page for Brisk Ice Tea, and they'll serve. If your content is baseline quality, you'll get about thirty percent reach. So if you have a hundred thousand fans, you put something up, twenty five thirty, but you could put up a shit post, and it'll be like you're getting five percent. You know, because if people aren't liking it early on, Facebook's like it's not good. We don't want to show it to people. Yeah. Boom. I remember the day there was a single day Facebook collapsed organic reach to zero Whew, pay to play
0: yeah
1: same thing introducing video yep Th- same thing vine shuts down so like that was community oh, management it was vine. like just literally straight up being like og twitter like yep. cool we'd sit in a room and come up with the tweets for brisk monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and it's like they had a campaign not half bad we're like like just early social stuff brands you know like all the things there was that moment of like oh the soup every brand tweets for the super bowl and like cringe that was all vainer and that's what was happening there now i mean the targeting and and the media dollars and it's like just such an unreal thing but yeah we were doing fully organic work for big brands which is just come up with idea make graphics
2: share them God. It's crazy to think how far we have come. Like in that, in obviously in that time, and, and and where we're, we're obviously going to. I, I think, which we'll obviously dive into. I think, in all seriousness, though, and I think people have been exposed to Gary and Vayner, even tremendously over the past few years, and they see a lot of the stuff that's posted, whether the podcast, whether it's just on social. What's it like? I mean, actually working for someone like Gary and being a part of Vayner. <laughs>
1: Um, it's amazing. It's, it's a, it's a, it's something I'm incredibly grateful for. Um, and it's a gift. And what I would say is because it's, um, there's zero fear. He, Gary, as a leader is so passionate, so confident in what he's passionate about and, by and large, I believe it comes from repetition, right? Like your ability to come into this show after doing 90 versus one is far different. And the people around you, you know, being able to play like, I got this, like, we're good, like, yo, come on, I got this um, is is amazing. I guess where I'm trying to go is like, no one is out pacing that dude. No one's out working that dude right and so it nah, he's makes crazy it with it
0: he's crazy with and it. and
1: it's out of sheer love like it's just because he loves what he does like if you think about kobe uh, when i think about jordan or kobe you know th- to be on his team it was like bro like look what i'm doing like i'm the best homie and i'm pr- outworking you by 10 so like if you want to be with the squad let's go and when you're around people like that it's infectious yep and he but in the best way he's not trying to put anything on anyone like you don't have to do that. You don't have to be as passionate about me. You don't have to do that. but this is what I'm trying to do. And so I'm not going to compromise what I'm trying to do because you aren't fucking with my work-life balance.
0: One of my, one of my favorite things he says is uh when owners of businesses are confused why their employees aren't working as hard as them. And he's like, cause it's not their fucking business. It's yeah. yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so there was just up. like,
1: it was, Um, there was a, there was something today that I, that I was like, This is Gary. And it was like smart people. um, uh, I'll find it right now. It it essentially was play to reality, not to society. Hmm. And I think that there's a lot of that, like the truth of the matter is when you're trying to go one percent there's a million sacrifices you need to make and when i say what's it like working with it that's the reality is like everyone has to make decisions like everyone there's the dissonance between what you want to be and what you're willing to do to get there is the cause of most people's insecurities depressions fucked up it's their own relationship with themselves you want to be this and then great here's what it takes to get there are you going to do it yeah great kobe clip was like yo I made the deal with myself before the season that this is what I was going to do. I signed the contract with myself, no negotiations. And so that was, it was, it was great. Uh, young, my whole twenties, I spent seeing that with Gary up before me in bed after me, Saturday morning, checking in work on some, not because it was like fear based of like, are you working? Are you working? Are you working? No, because it was like, he was a kid in a candy shop. Like that's what he wants to be doing. Yep. And so it it showed me like, you know, people just judge other people's shit versus just like worrying about their own shit. And, well, and everyone has to make the decision of what they want to be about. What do they want to do? What do you think is is
0: the most misunderstood thing about Gary? Um,
1: the, uh, the most misunderstood thing, or
0: or even or even like yeah. why he gets so much pushback or flack or people were like, you know, they'll, they'll say like, well, he swears too much. Or like he, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's cocky or he, because I think it, they're because missing it, the it, message. It,
1: yeah. But also those things can be true. Like people's opinions, are, everyone has the right to their own opinion. Sure. Like super, if you put yourself out there, you're going to get stuff back. Sure. So I think that those things that you can't really, He always does this kind of like move, which is just an impossible move to beat, which is being empathetic to someone as to why they would do that. Great. Open Instagram and someone's loud and bambunctious in your face, like, and you have shit going on in your life and you don't want to see that. And most people don't like him. The people that don't like him the most is because his truths ring loudest. Yeah. It's like, it's a mirror, you know, it's like, and I, that's a tough thing because it's like yeah when you're jealous of something a lot of times the people were most fond of if you have come from a place of hurt you actually are like f them
2: yeah
1: because it's the the truth can hurt sometimes but from a misunderstood is just like he's a very nice normal actual human like he has his flaws he has uh, all his stuff he's he's a human that's what I think is the mis- most misunderstood thing about him. And that's why I say all every all these people are humans. And yeah. some of them may be fucked up, but there's a lot of people that are fucked up. And what I mean by that is if you look at Bezos or Musk or these individuals that are what we deem success, um, I don't even... So I'm just thinking of LaMelo Ball or these uh, people like up there. It's... Um, they're all they're all humans at the end of the day
0: yep 100 they do they do something incredibly well but still still human
1: they all Um, got their shit
0: they all got their shit let's uh let's jump into 137 um tell us the origin story about that why how it was created um Mm -hmm. and then i kind of want to get into like your role and and the people you cover but you know what what was the motivation behind launching that
1: so um there's a couple (coughs) a couple things Gary acquired a business, Pure Wow, which is a women's lifestyle um, publication. Ryan Harwood uh, built this kind of incredible dot com advertorial business. Um, Gary acquired it and kind of added a publishing arm to our VaynerX holding company. They had a women's lifestyle publication. We added kind of like a, a podcast production studio as well as kind of an influencer arm media arm there and then added the men's vertical to it. Got it. So that was kind of that. It acts as a couple of different things. One, we have a lot of different clients and we can do programs and content creation business through there. But what it really is there for is to, you know, Gary is one human Gary V is a brand that he's built kind of as a persona and as a human. Um, And he has a million interests and, His platform allows him to bring a lot of awareness to things. And 1.37 PM, by and large, exists as scale to that. We believe that we can bring a lot of value and love to things that we have interest in. And by the way that Gary does business, we can do it in a way that is very much different than industry norms, which is either A, I need to go out and raise a ton of money so that I can fund said business what raising money then does is puts different, you know, stakeholders into the decision-making room, which then brings different reasons as to why you cover certain things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it it kind of exists to be able to scale. Just like pure editorial freedom. Yeah. Yeah. In a real weird way.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, even just like, if you go right now, I'm like uh, looking at all the different, I mean, all the different avenues you could go down with it. I mean, there's, an, I'm looking, 15 best Royal Rumble matches right next to the NBA G League spotlight and updates. If I know another click, it's following the upcoming like fashion trends, and NFTs, and gaming. I mean, it, it, it's it all can over touch the so many different areas. Yeah. yeah. Who, who came up with the
1: name? Gary.
2: We deliberated
1: is- on a name for a very long time and looked at the clock. And no, it was that and landed on that time is a universal thing, something that kind of broaches and crosses all languages all over the world. You can understand that um, everyone essentially, whether it's time zones or whatever, like time can be a unifying thing. Time, anything can change in you know a bucket of time. Very much like all we covered. There's a lot of like unpacking as to why there's really not this like deep rooted story as to why but that was why we we're deliberating on the name couldn't come up with it and we the brand exists to be very i mean the tagline which i, I took over a year ago in uh february and, and have adjusted a lot of things but we just the taglines for the curious we believe the modern day male which even male female dynamics are being changed by the day is very multi-hyphenated We believe curiosity is a a beautiful trait in individuals, and if everything was a little bit, everyone was a little bit more open-minded and curious to checking out new things, learning about new people, and not coming into things as if they know best or they know more or they don't care to learn what others are interested in. Um, You know, if we can kind of help get a generation of people onto that mindset, that we can we can kind of help some things along the way.
0: Um, so, talk to me about being the general manager, and specifically around, you know, you you said you want to focus on emerging talent, emerging stories, emerging brands. You know, where do you go to find them? How do you source them? And then, mm-hmm. how do you know? And maybe it is just a guess. You know, not every brand's going to live for forever. Not every artist is going to make it, right? Like, how do you? What's your qualifying factor? Be like, all right, this person's worth covering. Let's let's write a story.
1: Um. So. There's a couple, there's two things. First, I'll, I'll talk about general manager as internal and, and how we hire and put the team together because I, I honestly look at a lot of my job as like, if you're thinking about the GM of a sports organization, I'm um, doing that from an ops side in terms of bringing on talent. We've gone from, in a year, we've gone from 11 people to 42. Mm-hmm. And by what I would say, April 1, we'll be 50. 50 52 yeah. maybe so that right there has been like the crazy but fun because in a world also where we now are remote and doing digital content etc you know i've got people on my team in california arkansas colorado massachusetts florida georgia uh i think i'm missing one i think there's one in Tennessee. So that's been cool. And I'm just meeting people all over different skill sets. We're putting out content on website. So individuals that can write, copywriting for Twitter. We got social Instagram, short form video creators. And we largely hire on what is a creator residency. We kind of have like a creator residency program where you join the team for three months. If things are rocking, mutually doing well, we send you for another three months and then we'll move to full time. So there's just a lot of like kind of like almost player management in that regard, salary cap, like me, like kind of dealing with all that. Um, and then it's just fun as hell to, again, Gary just rolls differently and it's about people give a lot of young individuals the chance to like put on. Yeah. Because, because we can back to the investor thing best, back to what our goals are, the bottom line, how we, you know, exist as a startup in a much larger business. It's like allowed to me Again, I'm very lucky and grateful for the position that I'm in. It's like startup runner without having to like meet the the bottom line on a week by week basis or we're out of business. Yep. Um, and then in terms of the, the other side of it, it's no different than just how you and I live our life. And like all three of us, like, I don't know, there's music that everyone's listening to. And then there's two or three tracks and two or three artists that you know that you're someone put you on to, or you're super early on and have one or two tracks and you're fucking with them and paying attention to them. And there's one or two hoopers in college right now that aren't on everyone's list that you're like, that homie's nice. Yep. And we want to cover that because we're going to, that's, we're playing just very long and very early and believe that we, there's a lot of individuals, media has been boiled down to clicking. It's all about What is going to drive link clicks so that they can serve media dollars, right? This storm on Friday, that is whatever coming in. Oh, you're not in New York anymore, but there's a huge, I guess, Mm -hmm. Northeast coming to New York on Friday. By and large, that's manufactured by the media to sell ads. Whether it happens or not. Correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So... Is that model uh, going to
0: change at any point? Because I know we're seeing all the...
1: Pro- Web3 and like what the, the the pretty much data allowing to own your own data. Yeah. That's what it's come down to. So what we can play a different game is like, no, let's actually write about the, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Villanova Hoops backup point guard that just did a $10,000 NIL deal with his hometown, you know, ice cream shop. Yep. Yep. That's a cool random ass story that people actually want yeah. to engage with, but no one else is covering that Yeah, box. no one's it covering make, it. Doesn't make dollars and cents. Yeah.
2: Uh, you're 100 percent right. it's it's yeah. interesting to look at it from that perspective too, especially as an outsider. And I think like I mean, I, I'm even looking at like personal experience. I like Paul put me on the bar stool in two thousand and ten. Yeah. Because it was like a northeast brand. I think even and it was yeah. covering. Yeah. And yeah, and even I mean, yeah, and and, and now and even if you look at certain podcasts they put out, certain things they do, it's much more driven by what is going to be successful and what's pushed out there. I mean, there's people under the Barstool umbrella that have podcasts that aren't even technically on Barstool because it doesn't, if it's not supporting the business at this point, they're not going to put the resources for it. So I think it's somewhere along the way. I, that's what I absolutely love. What you said about having that spot. This is whether it's unique, whether it's niche, whatever you want to call it. There's a place for that. And and as someone, I think probably all three of us have very unique interests. Like I, I love watching WWE. I love watching college basketball. I love listening to hip hop. I also go to country concerts. Like there's, it can be all over the place. So for having, you might be vegan and you might be vegan. I did it for Lent last year. So there you go. (laughs) Just dip my toe in the the, water. What we're trying to do is like
1: every individual now is so like, yeah, mad random stuff and we kind of want to cap like, that's us. It's like, we're so everything. And that's what the thing that we are is.
0: I also, I also think too, to your point, like how you guys got your start. Cause I, I worked with um, Madison Russell back in the day and it was, it was, crazy. Like I had never done anything like this. I I forget. I, it was probably you that like somehow plugged me in and whatever. Yeah. And I wrote yeah. a story, but it was like, pitch us an idea. We'll see if we like it. And then you're on your own, like sink or yeah. swim type deal. Yeah. So I wrote this whole story, got the photo, sent it. And she was like, yeah, this is dope. Like,
1: yeah. yeah so that, that's, so I'm like new to, you know, I didn't grow up in like publishing and like Anna Wintour and like the yeah, editor I mean, yeah. room and like editor in chief and like this whole thing. And like, there's that, right. Again, the Gary thing, it's just reality versus society. Yep. No. Both and journalist is this way. Yep. I've worked my ass off and now I'm can control of the writer's room. So I'm going to tell you what to write. Yep so that you can say uh, you want to write that no no write this and then let me change your four sentences that make it about you so that yeah. it's about me
0: yeah
2: yeah no it, it makes sense and I think it seemed from obviously one of your interests I'm sure and, and one of the, the things that you've also been doing is card talk pod yeah and, and so those a don't know and co-hosting a sports card talk show. Um, when did when, when did that your interest in sports cards start and what made you want to start a podcast about it? Um,
1: my interest in sports cards started Gary. i set up, he went in 2017, I think it was, maybe it was 2018. Uh, he was always making cards back in the day. He always had stuff lying around, what have you. He took his son out to the National Card Convention um, in Cleveland. They go they come back literally we were we worked like every day all day and we had like six days off in the summer where he was with his friends or his, sorry where he was with his family i'm away with my family like on the first day of vacation he picks up he calls me and he's like yo i'm about to send you a couple links to ebay i need you to pick these cards up for me i'm like really guy like i literally just sat down in the pool <laughs> like on the first day of vacation uh for the next pretty much, I would say eight months, it was like all day, every day. We then went out to the national that next summer. And I, for four days, we had a booth and table set up and we bought and sold sports cards. And I became fully addicted to it from what it can teach you about things. You know, like he makes a lot of like flip content, and, you know, he like people, uh, the funny videos or whatever about like, you took two dollars and made five dollars. like, <laughs> But until you do it and when you do do it, there's no feeling I've had that being at a sports card show on one side of a gym, whether it's a gymnasium or a conference room or whatever. Some dude has a card for 20 bucks. You buy it from him. You take it back to your table and then someone comes by and wants to buy it for 40 bucks. That in there,
0: especially, especially in the same room,
1: it's like same damn. room, same room. That right there is such an eye-opening. Again, back to reality versus society, like life. Like, oh shit! If you think that's the only place that that's happening, yeah. How do you think these businesses, right? Consumer versus creator. Yeah. yeah. Walk outside and-, and spend three fifty on coffee every day, or fucking go buy the bag of beans and grind them. You know they're charging three fifty for coffee because they're making it, you know? Yeah. And how, how do you think they're doing it? You don't know. Their cost is like five cents, but guess what? They're doing it. That's a business. It's, it's just a very empowering thing. And that's how I got addicted. And is that, just, like, is that where you stuff. met Ryan? That's where I met Ryan. Yeah. Uh, nice. Who okay. is
0: That dude is crazy. Yeah. You want to talk <laughs> about knowledgeable, man? I mean, I've gone to his shop a couple of times and, uh, and then he does those, um, it's like, a, I forget the app. I How's downloaded. his shop?
1: I, I'm so excited. I haven't been his, to
0: his shop. His shop is sick. Um, he's got he everything what not, that you could possibly not, right? Yeah, he's got everything you could possibly yeah. imagine. Um, I think he's now even starting to add a little bit more, like obviously the cards, but then he has yep. some memorabilia on like the back wall yep. too that he's starting to get into. Um, yeah. But he knows like everything. And AJ, yeah. when I first moved out here, I had a bunch of cards I wanted to get graded and that's how I got connected with him. AJ introduced <laughs> me to him. And you walk in and the dudes just like die,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, like, I looked at him. Like, Damn. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And it, that's kind of like the same thing with with you know Gary in terms of my I man's just passionate, bro, and lives yeah. his life like it. Like lives his life like it. And it shows in his work. Yep. And I think a lot of what I've been being around Gary is a lot of people get stripped of what they're passionate about is being something that you can actually do yeah, because of what their parents didn't get that experience so they pass that on subconsciously or consciously whether it's aunts and uncles college professors, it's just like people project what they want for you out of their own what they didn't get rather than empowering most of the time so everyone tells a story about the one teacher that they love because they actually yeah. saw their potential
0: well what's it what what do you i mean let's jump let's harp on that like I I think there's a clear difference between go find your passion, follow your passion versus follow what you're good at, and those yeah. may be different
1: things. Like okay, totally, so, yeah, that's again society society reality. Yeah, like and you like when you suck at that, if you suck at that, if you really care about them, you'd be like you're not that good.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't mean like okay, so um, another like Gary clip again, but like you know, he always compares himself to LeBron and the, and the bat. No, that's not the right way to put it. The basketball. He's like the ROI of a basketball for me is zero. The ROI of a basketball for LeBron is billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't mean Gary's not passionate about playing basketball. It just means yeah. this is where he's at with it. Um, yep. That could go for anything. Playing the saxophone, fucking drawing and cartoons. You love
1: basketball, you grow up your whole life, love basketball and then realize you're not going to play in the league. Yep. But you but you still want to work in basketball? Great. Yeah, then you you can you go to the conversation of yep. I'm not gonna make $10 million unless I'm the best coach in the world? Great. Are you good at coaching? Are you willing to spend 20 years grinding GA programs, coordinator programs, yep. going all over the moving the blah, 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 to do that? No, guess what? But you could also be a middle school coach at your hometown and yep. do it like three days a week if you love basketball. You know, so there's there's a lot of different ways to do it. But most people are like, you either got to be Picasso (laughs) or, you know, stop painting and go be a lawyer. Yeah. I also think there's a movement
0: now and not to get too deep. um, And I think it's all related to kind of like where people are going with just like capitalism in general. But like, hey, I don't need to monetize my side hustle. Like you can just like paint and, and and just and that's it.
1: Yep. And that, that, that comes down to the reality. Like there is whether making money or not, it's to, you're fortunate to be in most people when they're doing something that they love and good at grass tends to become greener. Yeah. So like, because maybe the money isn't there, right? Like there's the teacher that gives you love is because for some reason they love teaching it's enough money and they're just happy doing it. The yep. hardware guy that's ran the store for forty years, like those people, need to be championed more. Back to a little bit, that's what I'm trying to do with 137 PM. Not everyone needs to be Bezos or these people, but that's what we aspire to. Versus, like, yo, the mailman from the local town that like impacted lives forever. That's a story right there.
0: Yep.
1: We don't really pre. We don't celebrate that. Everyone's yeah. got to be Madonna or they can't sing.
2: <laughs> yeah no totally and lastly, on the card talk side too is that something do you think sports card memorabilia that market is that here to stay it, yeah i mean when we were growing up it was huge it died down it seemed to be it's right in the forefront where we are mm-hmm. again where do you see that in the current stage where how it grows
1: yeah so there's two things i think as collectibles across anything like collectible stuff is bigger than ever and will be bigger than ever because i don't see us going back to me what i mean by that is a non this world do i think people want to be in person yes do i think offices can matter and make sense yes do i think that every company needs to have an office no do i think that there will be yes but like look at my bad background books You may not, you may have read them. You may not have read them, but they're signaling something. These are my,
0: I haven't read books yet.
1: Yeah. So they're signaling something there. So like that right there, that little background is new inventory. That's what I'd say. So people like to collect things. You're sitting at your desk more, you got stuff. I don't know where this man's came from, but he was some like, so I do think collecting is a thing. Yep. Most people have attics full of junk and don't sell it on eBay. I think that there's more awareness now than ever and people have time of kind of like reselling stuff. Do I think that trading cards, graded stuff, tchotchkes, toys are having like a real moment? I do. Do I think it's here to stay? Sure. Do I think that people are just going to have these boom 10x moments forever? No. But we do a segment on our show called Play of the Week that highlights five or six every single week submissions of people that... Bought something, made real arbitrage and flipped, and that's a forever game. No doubt about it. I mean, just this weekend, what Mc or whatever, like the who's the kicker on Cleveland on uh, the Bengals? McPherson. Mc- yeah, uh, Adam yeah. McPherson. Yeah, like if you went to his school or some shit and bought some of his cards, like yeah, the market on him should be up after this weekend. Yep. So you can play that game. I think that's a forever game.
0: Yep. Um, all right, man, let's, let's jump into web three and this, this crazy world. Um, let's start with where do you think we're at in the evolution and progress of, of web? Have we hit 10%? Are, are we even there? I mean,
1: uh, no, 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 not no, even, no. no, like less than 5%. Yeah. Less than 1%. Wow. In the, it, Cause it, bro, if you think about it, I would probably say the same about iPhone. I'm so. not because I'm not talking about our our lives like if we're just gonna go deep I'm not talking about our, our lives the car the, the car this where history I tweeted this morning like the past tells the future my dad's 62 or 63 life expectancy is probably got a life expectancy was another 30 which puts him at just starting the third period of his life day he was born in 1959. There was less than 4 billion people on the planet. Now there's eight. So if I'm just playing out long, like the iPhone being 15 years old, one of the biggest moments in the history of, I believe, human mankind, like a second in. So yeah. in terms of web three and digital ownership, digital collectible, I think mean, hasn't even begun. I think we're going to see this huge boom. Like most of it's going to be shit. Gary talks about it. it goes to, nine, to zero, blah, blah, blah. But I do believe digital collectibles as one little subset of web three are super here to stay long-term hasn't even begun. What I mean by that is the notion of like digital spaces. I think this is here to stay. And I think that very seamlessly, Ian's going to have a little digital thing over his shoulder. That is no different in reality than your book. And I think he may pay two bucks for it and it might be from his homie that does photoshop that he sold it on his instagram
0: why and i you know i i think i know the answer to the question but why do you think there is such a pushback against specifically nfts because i don't think people are against the blockchain <laughs> i think the majority of people now are investing in crypto whether they believe in it or not but specifically nfts like and and listen like hand up I was one of the people like, wait a minute, why is this a thing? Like, this is a fucking JPEG.
2: I was for one our of episode those trying to explain Top Shot, Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what? we were trying,
0: I, and and that's the thing. Like, as I was saying that, me and Ian mm-hmm. were buying Top Shots because whether yeah, yeah. I understood it at yep. the time, I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to be the guy yeah. who screams, uh-huh. I don't get it. I'm not going to make <laughs> yeah. money. I'll make money yeah. on something I don't get all day. Which is
1: yeah, there's so many, there's so many factors. Um, I think that the pushback on NFTs, I don't think about too too much. In a world where if you go on Twitter and search, I don't know, like there's pushback on everything. There's pushback <laughs> on everything, like the fucking Fed. What I don't, I don't even know. Like I'm not politics, but there was something that they did today that. Yeah, they did, on Twitter. They, I believe they, uh, they did. They did not they, raise the rate. And whatever they did deal. do, there's pushback on it. So if it was one, it was one yep. thing or another. Search Twitter, there's an immense amount of pushback on it. <laughs> there's pushback on the recycling program in my hometown in the local newspaper. Like, there's just yep. gonna be pushback. Yep. Again, 16 years ago, the pushback was at the kitchen table. Yep. Now it's in your face, plugged in directly to your brain. Like habitually and addicted, so, so like this notion of pushback is like it's because it's new and people don't get it and it doesn't make sense and by and large it's a shitty product and there's people that are making money and others that aren't so they're fucking pissed off about it.
0: <laughs> that's that's the clip. People are making money and some aren't and people are pissed off. And people
1: are pissed off about it. Like, it, f- fair. So I think, but and it's also just this kind of new age, but. Anyone that's had a Twitter account for a long time has a dollar that they would pay to get verified. Oh,
0: 100%.
1: And by and large, that therein lies the understanding of NFTs to me.
0: Um, all right. You already kind of said one with like Ian's little avatar over his shoulder, but what do you think is something that the majority of people that kind of live in this world um, are going to be doing in, in 2030 that no, like that people can't even comprehend right now?
1: Um. What's it, 2021? What are people going to be doing? In 2020? I think it's sooner than that. Okay. And, and I think it's buying low cost NFTs on your phone through Apple Pay with no interest in reselling them.
0: Okay.
1: What I mean by that is we all uh, have things that we follow on Instagram, whether it's a meme account, whether it's a really cool graphic designer whether it's Cole Bennett and Lyrical Lemonade, Hmm. whether it's Kith, what have you, that we share their stuff in our stories or we retweet their stuff. And I think that that social sharing is going to largely turn into collecting stuff with them to redisplay as flex. So if uh, I'm not uh, Mikey, but Mikey's like the big one. Who's like mm-hmm. number 17 on the top recruit top high school basketball players. Okay. I believe on their social, they'll be able to put out an NFT and a hundred thousand people like that, right? Like Addison Ray puts out a picture and 400,000 people like it in 20 minutes. You play a numbers game. 1% of that would they pay $5 for that image to be in their camera role as they own it. And then, then they can share it on social in a way that says I own this.
0: Where other what? people can't share the same thing. Yeah.
1: Correct. And yeah. then it's just, it's just an f- environmental flexing, which is all that's happening on there.
0: Yeah. Here's my thing with it. Like the only one, like, I, I don't disagree with you. Um,
1: and that's like, I was early. I knew who Cole Bennett was in Lyrical Lemonade when they had 7,000 followers on the gram. And now they have 700,000 and you're fucking with them and I'm on to the next thing. Yeah.
0: The, the NFTs that I'm interested in, and I think forever will be interested in, are the ones that give me benefits in real life. Like, I'll mm-hmm. buy your NFT so that I can go to your art show in Miami. That's dope. Yeah. But like, I, you know, okay, fine. I'm sure I'll, we'll all have digital wallets at some point with all these fucking things in them. But like, I want to do the thing. I want to get access in real life.
1: Yeah. The best, I think the most exciting part is that it changes the relationship between the consumer and the business. Yeah, Because if you are a fan of um, Blink-182 and why it's we're not even 1% in, because the next iteration of Blink-182 that the three of our kids are going to listen to, if they started going to their shows when they were 14, and in the course of a year, they went to five shows on tour, their tickets are NFTs, Blink-182 sees that and then throws a private show, for all the people that live in New York that went to five shows on tour that year, that the, the ticket just gets airdropped to the wallet. That's going to become more of the norm. Yeah. And yeah. And that's what NFTs will do. Now, by right now it's like an email and janky and all that. And da, da, it, but it's just this notion of uh, everything's becoming a game. The internet's all a game. This is a game like how you cut it up and post It's just very game. And there's just kind of, these communities clubs that we play in, you know, where the relationship is that there's going to need to be value brought back to the consumers because the best ones will and always have whether it's customer service, but now it's direct through value on chain, you know, in the internet.
0: It is, Um, it is still like, to your point, I mean, we're less than Canky, so, yeah, It's pretty Oh, my God. It's scary sometimes. I'm like, shit, is this $300 just going to fucking disappear? Yeah, bro, or? the
1: iPhone's first three years didn't have an app store.
0: Yeah, that's wild.
2: <laughs> Dude, like, I, was I, so funny you bring that up. Safari. It was the Apple Apple TV. My mom, I gave the original Apple TV to my mom as like a wedding gift. Yeah, She lost like way back and I found it. And i turned I'm like, all right, like, well, you have the subscription. And I realized I'm like, wait, I can't even download Disney Plus because <laughs> There, not there, it's not an option yeah it's not
1: correct yeah and so we like the, this notion of time it's like in three years it's gonna be a lot yeah, more be smooth and all these this is dumb doesn't make sense gas this gas that is gonna fade to the back and it's gonna be about like yeah i want that for two bucks boom apple pay into your thing flex it out tweet it out just supported this person just top this thing yep. boom 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 yeah
2: yeah well, to wrap it up, final question. We ask everyone this pretty much at this point. Um, it could be life, it could be sports, it could be whatever you want, but green light for you to give a hot take about anything. Oh whatever you want.
1: Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So car talk, but this is just before I get into my hot takes, I did my my Ryan Tannehill, I just got buried on a Ryan oh, Tannehill. Like long term hot take like a 14-month like a window hot take. That's of, towards the end of last year, I was hot on him. Coming into this year, I MVP-taked him, and I put Oof. him in the Super Bowl against the Bucks And it was – I mean, I was riding high, number one seed going in. Yeah. yeah. Tough. And it was the most egg on my face weekend. Yeah. um I have another one brewing a little bit about Chris Kreider, who's a long-term Rangers player, one of my favorite players, came in out of BC, hot.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Stop when he first came into the NHL. He just went full speed into goalies. Leading the league in goal scoring right now. So, I got a weird hot take about that. But my hot take is that Grayson Allen gets a bad rap.
0: Oh, my God. I swear to fucking God, this is not – this is this, not – oh.
2: <laughs> I believe you, Paul. This is the most – it, it comes across like the most planted shit we've ever maybe talked I, about on <laughs> this podcast. You just, I mean, like, that's a genuine reality. I have man. been gonna go I out did, on social. Yo, and, like, I the have fact been, that we just we recorded an episode where we're not really even talking much about basketball, and somehow Paul is able to work in. Grayson Allen is misunderstood. Grayson Allen is not a bad guy.
0: I'm actually crying. Okay, listen. I have, I have like All-time ten. Right I have like ten tweets that are in my drafts that I have not fucking sent. Like, so you know, this is absurd. First of all, I'm, gonna, I'm about to go off. First of all, I don't care what he did at Duke. I'm not even focused on Grayson Allen right now. All we do is complain about how soft the NBA is. That's Correct. all we fucking Thank do. You. With NBA fans. Thank we you. All oh, LeBron, all he does is complain about fouls. Oh my god. Blah, 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 blah. Then the 80s and 90s, you watch them. People were clotheslining each other, and people love it. They celebrate it now. If you talk to anyone over 50, they're like, oh, this NBA's fucking suck. Oh, all this stuff. So all of that, you live in this. You want to talk about reality. You live in this reality over here. And then Grayson Allen, because he kicks somebody. Hey, did you ever see Christian Leitner play? He stopped on somebody's literally chest and stayed in the game. Have some – dude, oh, my God. I'm so, thank, thank you.
2: I have no idea what he just did by giving that because like, he just I'm unleashed like Paul. So yeah, like because I was. believe
1: it. I believe uh, it. First off, if the guy's wrist wasn't broken, it's not a story. Uh, like, true. So he doesn't get suspended either. They, if and out. then if you actually watch the NBA, how often are those cheap, random fucking – okay, on picks, pick hedges alone, you know how many people are being cheap every day? It's just a rap that this it, guys do, gotten because, one, he's good. And people don't want to admit it because he's a white boy from Duke. Two, he's got a history. I'm not. He's I'm not history. saying he's
0: not. I'm not saying he doesn't have like some shit to him. He does. The kids at Duke were like, "It's like, yo, what are you doing?" It, they, it made no uh, yeah. sense. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Stop doing yeah. that. But yeah. w- 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 were people outraged about Jokic? The dude charged six steps and just leveled Morris. Yeah. And people were, yeah, bro, don't fuck with, don't fuck with Jokic brothers. Don't Correct. mess with that. It was like, wait a minute. So listen, just say you hate Grayson Allen. That's it. Correct. That's okay. But you have to keep the same energy for all the other crazy fouls.
2: I completely agree. I completely agree. Paul's never been happier at the end of a podcast. I mean,
0: I, I yeah, I could talk for another three Take hours. Take it home. So.
2: Take <laughs> it home. Let's go. Right, let's go. This, this is happy, unbelievable. But...
0: All right, all right, all right. We, I love we got, it. We'll we'll get out of here on this. We obviously know where to find you uh, on Instagram at Tyler, but where yeah. where uh, where where can everybody else find you?
1: Yeah, search. I'll just plug 137 PM. Cool. And for simplicity, the number 137 letters PM works on any social uh, or .com. can route to that. The brand, we really go O-N-E spelled out 137, but also 137PM.com works everywhere. Check our stuff out there. If you hear this, I'd love you to just say what up, give a little feedback. And um, yeah, we'll keep pushing. I appreciate it. It's been well, fun, uh, boys. We'll,
2: we'll have you on the next time, Gracie. Yeah. Exactly. Please do. I'm Allen i Allen, correspondent. Them. Tyler Smith. <laughs> yes, this thing. I love it. All right, That'd man. We appreciate amazing. you, dude. Um, Likewise.
0: Lately, I've been feeling like this. What I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, and tell me what you are working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup couple. Plus Russell's up next, and I got this crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up. I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking twelve shots like where the cops is. Come on.